Hi, this is Jennifer Zeman, the host of The Food That Binds, a podcast about food and relationships. I'm a restaurant critic and food writer with over 15 years of experience who lives in Atlanta, Georgia. These are the stories from my South and beyond. This week's guest is Parnas Savong and Rod Lassiter of Talat Market in Atlanta, Georgia. Hi, guys. Thanks for being here. Hello. Thanks for having us. Could you both individually introduce yourselves to listeners who may not know who you are? Yes, uh, I'm Parnas Savong. I am uh, a Thai American, uh, grew up in Georgia, Snellville, Georgia, and did a little pop-up called The Lot Market. And now um, I have a brick and mortar with uh, my, my partner, business partner, Rod Lassiter. Yeah. And I'm Rod and, you know, basically the same thing he said, you know, just on the reverse side. Right. You're from Tallahassee. Oh yeah. Sorry. I'm from Tallahassee, Florida. I've been here for 13, 14 years now and kind of just, uh, Atlanta's my, my new home, you know, for a while now. So I'm always interested how chefs, you know, decided to be chefs. Um, and I, I like to kind of go back way back to childhood and kind of just figure out like when that crystallizing moment for you guys, like, was it like a dish you ate? Was it something that you knew that food was going to be a thing for you? Um, well, I, you know, I grew up eating a lot of food. I really like eating, um, big flavors, bold flavors when I was younger. Um, and that was kind of like what my mom would make at home. And then once I entered uh, public school, I started eating more like junk food. Uh, learned about like tacos and pizza and mashed potatoes and stuff like that at, at school. That's I would eat school lunches, you know, like $2 a school lunch. Back then it seemed like a lot, but, but now it's different. Um, and and then I just, you know, I remember there was a day where I I was like, I don't want to depend on my mom to make me delicious food. And I want to learn the formulas to make this food so I don't have to depend on her. And uh, and that coincided with, you know, me not knowing what I wanted to do after high school because uh, in high school, I was just, you know, trying, I was breakdancing. I was in musical theater. I was like, I'm going to be an actor. <laughs> I'm going to be, be on the line every night and just sing my heart out. But then, you know, I grew up in a, a restaurant. So I kind of like, that was Which my comfort zone. Which restaurant was that? Oh, my uh, mom and dad's. Uh, a uh, Thai restaurant in Snellville called Dan Thai, but they they recently sold it off, um, so they've retired. But um, but yeah, I just I was like, I don't I don't know what else to do, and this is cooking is what I don't know, and this I I grew up in that restaurant, so I started pursuing that, um, and yeah, and then that just kept leading me to where we are now, just kind of like pulling the thread and like figuring out 
you know, okay, French food is interesting, but really what brings my heart and makes me excited is Thai food. So it kind of brought me some uh, full circle. All right. Yeah, mine's a little different, but uh, basically, you know, in my kind of 16, 17, I started serving in some uh, more corporate restaurants, smaller corporate restaurants. And it was fun, but, you know, I kind of lost the interest. You know, I'm a, I'm a people person, but just I, I'm kind of more hands on. And, and uh, so I quit serving for a while and went to a law firm for a little while. And <laughs> for a couple of years that I was like, you know, this is this is not good either. You know, the money's there, but uh, it's kind of not fulfilling and got back into serving a little bit and kind of had a bad experience, you know, with oh, yeah. a busy like seafood restaurant, independent though, you know, the first independent restaurant I worked for. And I loved everybody in the kitchen and they were just back there, you know, with the the camaraderie and everything. And I, I kind of was like, I, I want to try this, you know what I mean? Like, I want to go back here and learn some stuff. And that was probably... I mean, I was in my early 20s at that point, you know, um, and I got into that kitchen. I worked at that restaurant for like six years and, you know, kind of was like, there's got to be something else, something more. And I begged a chef friend for a job at one of the fine dining restaurants in Tallahassee, and he luckily gave me a shot. And basically from there, he wherever he went. In, in Tallahassee as a chef, he took me and two other of his crew members to these restaurants and we kind of helped streamline, refine the menu or redefine the menu. And uh, it was an awesome, awesome time for me. I learned so much. And then after, I mean, another eight years plus, I was like, I think I've hit the ceiling here in Tallahassee. Um, I need to, to branch out, you know, I wanna be, a, I wanna be a head chef somewhere, you know, I think I'm ready. And that's when the move to Atlanta came. Um, and I kind of thought I was a big shot, but I got here and nobody knew me. Nobody knew any places I've worked. And I basically had to reprove myself all over again. Um, and that's, um, you know, I worked for my wife's and in, in, was in the event industry at a catering place. I worked there for a little bit just to kind of get some money, you know, um, and applied to a couple of, uh, restaurants um what was the one uh rathman's i applied to rathman's when i moved up here they turned me down uh <laughs> fourth and swift uh, i fourth and swift i loved them jay swift i met him he's like I, I i'd love for you to work here but you know i can only give you this and i was like i think i'm past that a little bit but um you know and um so I kept I kept hitting the grindstone and finally ended up at Wrecking Bar when they opened up. Um, Terry's awesome. And I worked there for years. Yes, this was before Terry. Oh, wow. When they first opened. That's where I met uh, Adrian, our bar manager, um, and worked with her there. Um, that was the, they're about to celebrate their 11th uh, year coming up soon. So that's a long time ago. <laughs> And I was the uh, head chef there for a little while, interim head chef, before Terry came on. And then I was executive suit for him for a little while. And uh, basically, long story short, 
um, after I got to Wrecking Bar is where I realized, like, I think I got this. I know kind of what I want to do. You know, this kind of Southern inspired farm to table thing. You know, that was 11 years ago. You know what I mean? Where it was just, it was really big at the point, you know, at mm-hmm. that point. Um, meeting a lot of farmers here in Atlanta, those relationships, building those, building trust. Um, and I was like, yeah, I want to open a Southern place, you know, and, uh, you know, a couple more years passed by and I was like, there's too many Southern restaurants here, you know, like I'm not going to as good as these that are established. And so I had basically decided to, to quit. I, you know, head chef at, uh, you know, wrecking bar for a while, head chef at ration and dram when they kind of opened up, um, and kind of got some dishes on there and, and got a feel for, you know, my, on my own too much work, decided to cut back, went to Kimball house and Kimball house, uh, really changed my view on a lot of things, you know, how a restaurant could be run efficiently, but with very calm and collective environment, you know, from the upper management and owners, it was a new experience for me from the old guard kind of thing. But anyway, Kimball house, I was done at restaurants. I was about to have a kid. I'm like, I'm not doing restaurants anymore. I'm going to be a stay at home dad. You guys can, you know, make mento cheese. Yeah. Yeah. I was just like going <laughs> to do some stuff out of my home kitchen, honestly. And, uh, and then I met him and then here we go, you know, I'm starting over again with, with no money, you know, <laughs> just taking a shot. And, uh, you know, I don't know, that's the full, full circle moment for me. How'd y'all meet? Well, so I was, I was trying to, I was trying to go to Hong Kong, uh, and work with my friend. And at that time I was trying to not work with my mom and dad. So I worked at this wing shop in Snellville mm-hmm. and, uh, that made me really for a while. And so I hit up the chef of Kimball house. Uh, we used to work together, Jeff wall at the time. Uh, we used to work together, uh, at empire state South. He was like my station partner. And I said, Hey man, um, I, I'm not really happy with where, where I'm in right now. Is there a, can I just, you know, come in and just cut some trout or do something or sweep the floor? And he's like, yeah, man, just come on in. And, uh, I staged there and then I got in and, you know, I started working saute most of the time. And, and then, uh, the first time mm-hmm. I remember Rod wasn't Rod. It was actually his family meal. He made, um, uh, meatloaf and um, mashed potatoes for family meal that day. And it was so good. I was like looking for the person who made that. And like, dude, Rod, that was so good. Thank you so much. And at the end of the night, I like, you know, tried to take some home with me. I there's, remember there's leftovers. I was trying to take home in a core container. <laughs> and I think I took the last bit. Yeah. They're like, Dude, I was gonna take some of my own family along. <laughs> so that was the first time we met. And I like I think we when we worked together, uh we always had fun, but we also like were were are hardworking and we get the job done in a in what the chef wanted. And I think that respect and just like, you know, Rod gets along with everybody. He's really good at that and he brought out uh, uh a lot of positivity in me um and so i was like 
during that, that's, that's where we met. Um, and then during that, there was later in Kimball house, uh, our time at Kimball house, I, I had this, you know, I had that tie dream for a long time in the back of my head, but I just never knew when I should pull it. And, um, uh, I was starting to feel like I was going to, I wanted to move on. And at the time I was working at Staple House too. So Kimball House and Staple House. And I was like, a lot of people were asking me like, well, where are some good Thai restaurants? And I didn't, I, I didn't know. I, I, I didn't know. And so I just wanted to do my own thing. And so I uh, asked Jared Sieber, uh, they like, Hey man, I see that you've, done really well with eat me speak me at the time now he's the chef of little bear and owner and i was like hey what are what are some what can i do to like be have my own thing uh and so he gave uh me a spot at sound table he, he recommended that and i went around um the restaurant and like you know, wanted to collaborate with my good friends. And uh, I was just like, there was uh, this other person. And then there was Rod. I'm like, hey, Rod, uh, you want to do a pop-up together? <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was, I mean, it was great. It was, uh, it was more of like a, I'd never done a pop-up before, you know, from, I'm from Tallahassee, you know, and just been trying to grind it, you know, really hard. So I, I didn't know what that was. And I'm like, sure, you know. And he's like, what do you want to do? And I think over the course of a couple of weeks, we had some really ridiculous ideas. And well, you didn't think I was serious. No, no, I thought he was just joking. You know, <laughs> he's just like, hey, you know, with a smile on his face, you know, and, and I was like, yeah, yeah, we'll do it. Yeah. What do you want to do? You know, we're just I don't even remember what the ridiculous ones are or were. And then one day, I, I, my wife, Kelly, I told her, I was like, Sky Parnas, you won't leave me alone with this pop-up. <laughs> Asking me, like, like, a couple times a week, like, what do you, do you want to do the pop-up? What do you want to do? And I'm like, I, and I'm just like, he won't get off my back. And I, and I was like, like, you know, not mad. I'm just like, oh, you know, this isn't going away, you know? You got a lot on your plate already. So I, I really like, oh, did. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, you know, um... And so I, I sat down for a minute and, and when I, when I, when I concentrate really hard, I can come up with some good ideas or solutions. And so I gave it some time. And what I came up with was a fermented rice pop-up in my head. I had no idea what to do. You know what I mean? This was just off the cuff. And I came back to work excited. He, you know, he comes, I think he came up to me or, you know, I don't know exactly how that one went. And I said, Hey, let's do a fermented rice pop up. And he's like, let's do it. <laughs> like it was like that. And then I got scared. That's when I got scared because I was a little in over my head. And, you know, never had I done Thai food before. You know, I, I always wanted to do Japanese food, you know, but I just didn't feel I was qualified, <laughs> you know, at the time when I was kind of interested. So I let that dream go and moved on to the Southern food, which, you know, my family's all Southern, you know, they cooked all that stuff. So, but, uh, um, you know, I was kind of like, whatever, let's, let's do it, you know? And, um, yeah. And, um, so we, you know, I, I've done a couple pop-ups before by myself, not as the lot market. It was just 
Parnas. And it was, I, I, it was like a, like mini ones, like one at Victory Sandwich Shop. I just grilled a sausage that I made. And then there was one at Little Trouble. I made like, I don't know, something bun, something with a bun. And so I had some of the experience of just like going out and doing it myself. Um, but when Rod agreed, I just, it just got me so excited because it was like, you know, just working with a friend, but also um, exploring new ideas other than doing cuisine of our other employers. Um, and so after one shift, one night, we started after we cleaned up the kitchen and the other crew kind of like left to sit at the bar and hang out. We, we hung out in the clean kitchen at Kimball house for like an hour, hour and a half, um, throwing out ideas. And, you know, this is, it was kind of like the first date, you know, mm. like when we worked, we worked together, we were just like, I was very polite even though I felt like what we were making was not what Thai food is. But I was just like, you know, yeah, that, that braised mackerel, let's put that on the dish. Uh, yeah, let's do that. Huh. Uh, there were a lot of dishes like that. Um, but that was kind of like, you know, figuring out if we worked well together. And we, you know, so the first, the first foray into getting this pop-up going was shopping. We had to go shop. Did you, did you come with me or did I go shopping? I don't remember. It feels like an eternity. I was, like I was about to ask, what year ago, was this? Years. I'm just curious. Six years ago? 2017. 17. So really yeah, pop-ups were just popping huh? um, in Atlanta. Like yeah. uh, it wasn't really a big thing. You were definitely on the front end, in my opinion. When I think about the timeline of pop-ups in Atlanta, you were definitely one of the first notable, I believe. I mean, Jared, obviously. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, and he can speak me too. They led the way. You know, I feel mm-hmm. like, I feel like they were right there. You know, they were kind of, Jared's, he's always ahead of the curve a little bit in my mind. Um, he's kind of that, that quiet genius that I, I, I don't know how he does it, but he just does it somehow, you know? I so, just ate his tasting menu last I, weekend and geez, I mean, it was just, it really, it's just so creative and so affordable <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. he is a genius he's, sorry he, he's out of my my wheelhouse i can't i can't touch this guy like i don't did agree a collab. But, okay <laughs> it was like me parnas two people and, and, like, to... and like somebody else was helping us and he comes in by himself and he's like all right let's hey, do guys. it and i'm like what <laughs> you need help he's like no i'm good i'm just like you know, and he just does it with grace and ease. And I'm just like, cool, man. You know, uh, he's, he's just been around the block a, a while, you know, and uh, it's, it's pretty cool, you know? Yeah. Uh, so the, the, so we went shopping and we pretty much, I, we put all the, we didn't have a walk-in or anything or a restaurant to store all of our produce and protein <laughs> or the mm. pop-up. So we brought it to us and we, and just I just put it all on his counter, and I remember Kelly, his wife, seeing that for the first time, and she's like, "Well, she was like, what is all this? What is going on here? <laughs> what do I sign up for?" 
Yeah. And like this, these are coconuts, brown coconuts. So we're gonna we're gonna crack these and make them the coconut cream. This was I was very adamant, even at that time, to use fresh coconut milk. And we just started, you know, going like on our days off or early before our shifts, we would go to Rod's, Rob would stay at his house, but I would go to his house and we would prep small things throughout the week for the pop-up. And, um, and then, yeah, we did our pop-up at sound table and it was really successful. I didn't make any money. We didn't make any money. It was like almost, we just broke even, but that was uh, a learning experience. But yeah, what do you think about that experience? I mean, I thought it was great once we got into it, but you know, that was my first pop-up ever. So I think I was just running on adrenaline kind of, you know, it's uh, all our friends showed up, you know, a lot, a lot of my personal friends showed up and had a great time. And I was like, it's kind of cool. You know, I was like, after it's all said and done, I was like, it's kind of cool. And we were getting compliments on things. And I was like, this is a new experience for me. Like, um, it wasn't quite Thai food, like you said, but uh, there were some elements there and aspects that, you know, were Thai. So it was it wasn't fusion per se, but it was just kind of yeah. There was you know, fish sauce involved. Yeah, fish sauce and coconut. And um, but then you know, then you know, Jared called me out of the blue. He said that he was moving to SOS Tiki Bar, and he needed he needed uh, to find someone to fill his space, and he called me and when he called me, I was with a friend. I was driving back home. He's like, do you want this opportunity? And I said, uh, hold on a second. Give me 30 minutes. Let me think about this because this is going to change my life. Even though I haven't done it yet, I know that it was going to, that opportunity was going to do something like really big. And so after I talked to my friend, uh, I told him that I will, I want to accept it. I want to accept it. And uh, then I, the next day at work at Kimball house, I told Rod, Hey Rod, I got, I thought I, I did something crazy. <laughs> pretty, you pretty much he said that he got something crazy, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, what? Like confused a little, you know? And it, the same thing. It was like, I was leaving Kimball house to, be a stay-at-home dad and he tells me this and he and and i think like i, I don't know how he approached me but he's like do you want to do this let's do this you know or whatever maybe in a different yeah but i was like okay you know not knowing and i think i went home and told kelly and she's like cool and i'm <laughs> like what <laughs> You know, because I just I, I know what starting over feels like, you know, for me, I'm, a, I, I, you know, I'm almost, you know, basically 10 years older than him, if not, you know, 11 kind of heading in a different direction. And now this is kind of pulling me this way. And I've never cared about money, really. I do things that I'm passionate about. And I, I, I just figure the universe will take care of me if I am doing the doing things for the right reasons, you know, um, whether that's right or not, I don't know, but uh, it's always kind of worked for me and that's my philosophy. And I said, let's go for it, you know, and uh, he pretty much quit like Kimball House like right away. <laughs> Kimball House and State at the same time, just like, 
it took me over a month to get out of there Kimba house because i was doing every position there and they had to find someone to fill like two or three different roles you know he was just part-time mm-hmm. at that point and then i remember when i told the sous chef there i was like hey i'm quitting and he's like you're not going to do that pop-up <laughs> thing with parnas are you he's like like with this with this like really like sour puss face on you know and i was like yeah um, and I was just, I was like, he's like, you're going to have to give me a month or so to get you out of here. So basically, you know, that's what I did. I worked with him and we figured things out and I'd go there and I'd be at Kimball house and I'd go there and be at Kimball house. And it was, uh, yeah, that, that was to the, that was just to get to the first pop-up date. It was, it was a lot, you know, on my plate and his plate too. He was sleeping at Gato, yeah. you know, some nights before the pop-up and I'd go wake him up after <laughs> after getting off Kimball's at night. I'd go there to help him prep and he'd be asleep in one of the booths from prepping all day. It happened pretty quick, actually, from the point when Jared left to us taking over. So there wasn't really any downtime. It was just like it was go time from when he agreed to, you know, I mean, I don't know how many weeks it was, but it wasn't it wasn't more than it was like two weeks. Can you explain for the uninitiated what's the difference between a restaurant chef job and a pop-up? Like how is it different? Um a restaurant chef job is at a established brick and mortar restaurant with all the licenses and all the paperwork that you had to get through to get to that point. Um and the menu is more consistent. A pop-up chef is a temporary restaurant that doesn't have the big things that need to, they need to worry about. So you can be, you're, you're more free to just play with ideas and try new things without having to worry about it. There's way less overhead. You make your own schedule. If you don't want to do it, you don't have to. You know what I mean? <laughs> we, 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 we never approached it like that. Honestly, it was like, I think both of us, like the philosophy behind it, we're treating it like a real restaurant. That was what kind of set us apart. I went at the beginning. Yeah, it definitely felt established. Yeah, we, we weren't doing it. We didn't know what was going to happen, what what was going to happen, obviously, but we both do things like a hundred percent, no matter what it is. Um, And that's kind of what we did from day one, I feel like, you know, and, you know, we, we just, there was, it was like, all right, you know, what time do you want to go prep? You know, it's, there's no set schedules, you know, and that's kind of the pop-up mentality. It was so freeing that, you know, the, the money responsibility aspect was all, it was all secondary to the freedom and flexibility of the pop-up, like, scenario yeah. for us you know we only had to work three services prior to that we were doing five services at restaurants yeah it was way more friendly yeah, i'd been locked in kitchens for you know almost 10 years you know like and this was the first place like our first kind of thing i had where i was like free to come and go as i pleased you know for the most part service time service time right but we never closed on a service day no matter what um, that I'm aware of. I was, when I, well, I had 
Coldplay tickets. Coldplay tickets, maybe before <laughs> before the pop up, and so yeah. I had to close. We closed. But that even if I couldn't work, we found someone else to fill that role. So we had the the reputation was still there that this was an established kind of thing, you know, and that's how we would garnish. When you're working in a, I don't think a lot of people understand that when you're working in a, a restaurant kitchen, that's not your own restaurant, you're executing someone else's vision and creativity over and over and over again. When I used to be a line cook, like it was soul crushing. You think you're going into a creative endeavor and then you're making the same damn salad every damn day. Mm-hmm. I have to imagine that was really freeing as well to, to be able to do something that was meaningful to you. I remember when I w- was working at Kimball House and I wanted, I had some ideas that I wanted to put on the menu. And, um, I just remember like, I wanted to, I was really into pestle mortaring at that time. So I was trying to, I was like, what if we pestle mortared uh, these shallots and this before we added to the, the sauce space. And I remember the chef telling me like, uh, it doesn't look pretty enough. It needs to be very brunoise. And I'm like, oh, but with the pop-up, we could just like, there was no, nobody above us. We just like throw out, throw ideas together. Sometimes not that amazing. And sometimes we get moments of like, wow, that's brilliant. And that was really fun. Just kind of having that freedom to just do dishes that we wanted to do. And it seems like it really was met with incredible response. I mean, from my vantage point, it seems like you guys rocketed to popularity once you took over that space. I mean, I know Hillary Cadigan, who's now Bon Appetit, was a huge fan and really one of your most vocal supporters at the beginning. What was that like to to get that? acclaim? I believe there was an Eater Young Gun at the time. I think I remember seeing the can up in in eat me speak me if i'm correct or something like that that's pop up something a long right. time ago right. but i mean it was I, kind of, I i liked it a lot i was really like oh put all the creative loafing magazines of me on the front that's so cool um because you know like i've been trying to get something going for myself for a long time. And when that happened, it was pretty exciting. And people kept asking, like, you want to do this event? Oh, you got this award. You want to do this event? You want to do this? And I'm like, yes, 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 yes. And then eventually I just, I mean, now I'm, now I know that like over time is just, that's just, I don't know, to me it's just noise. Awards and all this stuff. And I've learned that what really matters the most is like, does this make me feel happy? Does this make me feel passionate about this, like this dish or this, this, this event that I'm doing with this person? Does this excite me? And, um, but yeah, it was pretty shocking that that happened so soon and so fast. And I think it was because maybe because, you know, we were doing something different. It wasn't like the best yet. It was just very different from what everybody else was doing. And that's kind of my philosophy. Yeah, it's, it's one, one of the natural things I do in my life is just like when everybody's doing this, I want to do that. 
<laughs> just like mm-hmm. even uh, in Thai food. And so I think that just helped differentiate us even more so without having to try as hard. And yeah. When y'all first came on the scene, though, I mean, Thai food in Atlanta was in a very different place than it is today. And I mean, I really feel like you really pushed that conversation and challenged people, you know, to to think differently about Thai food. Um, so I think that was another definite key part of your success. Because, I mean, I think most Atlantans only knew Pad Thai, you know, up until you came on the scene, right? Um, and I, I think... What he told me in the beginning was, you know, you can go to Buford Highway and, and sort through some things and, and there's gyms. I mean, it's it's a fun experience. It's great, you know, but where can you get this in the city? You know what I mean? Where can you get that hidden gym Thai food that could be out there somewhere that you don't know about, but how can you bring it here and make it more available in the city? You know, it just hasn't been done yet. Like at least in Atlanta, you know, from our experience, you know, I agree. I agree. That is what I think to me started the rocket ship, you know, um, of, of notoriety and basically from my standpoint, I've been around the block a while, you know, and I've seen the good side and the bad side. Scathing reviews at one point. I remember it wasn't, it wasn't, I don't know. It was, it was a weird view, but I remember when I was doing my first interview and I came up to you like, Hey, do you have any advice for me to like to say to Eater? I don't, this is my first time. I'm really nervous. <clears throat> and yeah, that was, sorry. sorry. No, no. What else was, uh, yeah, it was, yeah. I just remember that. Like, yeah. The media thing. The media was everywhere. And I said, dude, this is not good. I, I literally, I was, I was like, like, yes, this is awesome. Like, he's, like, he's like, he's like, this is great. And I'm like, dude, it's, it's not good. This is like, it's too soon. I literally, I've said that, like, I, I was like, please, like, stop, some, not stop doing what we're doing, but like, we and then we can't. got a James Beard nomination. It was just too much, too soon. I'm, I'm you wanted to like figure rock. it out in private in a way. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I don't shy away from that, but I just felt like I didn't feel like it was undeserved per se, but I'm still learning. He's still learning. We're, mm-hmm. we're learning together and we're getting this notoriety and it almost became like a stumbling stone in a way, you know, um, a tripping hazard that I felt like we just weren't there yet, like really to, to be able to garnish that in my mind. I'm, now I'm not saying it's 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 wrong but i just felt like at the moment i was like this is too much too soon and literally i i know where he was at mentally with trying to get this out there and and you know he's he's such a go-getter you know he just does it you know and and i'm i'm a little older but i'm still i i feed off that you know and i i've i fall into that but i just knew that i was like this is good but this is not it's not great you know like we do we need more time to like you know, sit on the egg, you know, and kind of like go the distance before we got this. And I felt yeah. like you're hot today, you're cold tomorrow. You know what I mean? You, 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 you know, you're only as good as the last dish, you know what I mean? That's kind of the philosophy I've always, you know, kind of gone under. Everybody wants more 
you know, when they're seeing us with this notoriety and they're just like, what's next, what's next, what's next. And, and we, we don't even know what's next. You know, we're like, we're just trying to hold on to the, you know what I mean? The reins here before it gets out of control. And that's where I was at mentally. Um, you know, but he's, he's young and excited, you know, let's, let's go for it. But I just, there were some days where I just had to kind of calming down sometimes, you know, and I just like, not that he was getting an ego or anything, but I was like, let's just, let's just settle it down a little, you know, that's a benefit Um, of a partnership. I would seem (laughs) now. Yeah. For good or bad. I'm just a little more hesitant to like, just jump in the water. You know, there could be, you know, the rock could be there, you know, Mm -hmm. up in the shallow Mm -hmm. wind. I just wanted to be a little more seasoned before we got this, you know, but I knew we were, we were onto something. So it was just the hesitation of the reward too early, you know. But the the uh, heavens the heavens rewarded you, and it continued to ascend. <laughs> you know? I mean, like I, I'm sure there were stumbling blocks, but from the outsider's point of view, like I don't feel like you guys ever dipped. Um, it just kept going yeah. up. Yeah, that's not in us to stop. Really, I think you know when we're on, we're on the same page most of the time, I always say we get to the same answer. We just, you know, maybe our work's a little bit different to get there. And that's where that's for us personally kind of, you know, has helped the trajectory of our cooking and cuisine and the restaurant and the pop-up. I think, you know, we just never quit when people are like, I quit. We're like, let's pick up the, let's, let's carry that load and keep going, you know? And, uh, yeah. You know, if I, I feel like if it wasn't him, you know, there's no way we would we would be here today. And I, I hope, you know, he does feel some of that, you know, oh, on I me feel, as well. You I know? feel that. Yeah, I, I know he does. But, you know, I don't I mean, think it. I mean, without our partnership, I don't think the lot market would be where it's no. now. No way. no way. Can you talk about that part of opening the restaurant and your partnership? So it was uh, Raj initiated it. We were working at Gato and, you know, there was, there were some limitations there and we wanted to, you know, I think Rod saw that our brand restaurant can be bigger than what that space was. So we were outgrowing our shell. And so Rod's really good at finding things. Like he can find you a table in five minutes. That's like five bucks. That's amazing. He's driving around, you know, the neighborhood and eyeing every three corner for like used furniture, trash treasures, you know? So like, so he's driving around and looking for spaces. We even talk about this. And he found one near, near his house and it was on Ormond street. And yeah. What, what do you think about that? Yeah, basically just feeding off the beginning part of the, uh, you know, from my perspective, our partnership didn't start right off the bat. You know, it was more like you're helping me with this pop up, you know, and I was. So he agreed to the Gato thing. I was just kind of hands off. I'm helping you. I'm just going to help you do this. I don't know what I'm doing. Me, you know, and um you know, that's kind of how the pop-up started with the the partnership. You know, there wasn't one at first. And I think after 
almost a, maybe almost a year, year. Yeah. We kind of were like more, not on an equal playing field with the food, but more with like where we were, like the work and like talking conversations about the next move and things like that. And, you know, it was, it was equal. We were doing equal workloads, you know, and I felt like, I felt like we should be like equal partners. This is our thing now, you know? So it did take some time to, to, for him, trust is a big thing. I mean, for a lot of people, obviously, but he's like, I trust you. You know, he always says that. And I'm like, all right, I got you, <laughs> you know? And it's, it even, it even happens to this day. It's fine. It is what it is, you know, but he didn't want to release anything until he knew that he could trust me handling things, you know? I mean, the food was number one, right? Of course, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, my best friends coming into this, you know, so uh, you have to build that trust and relationship and and it took a little while, but then I think we realized, hey, we're cool. We got each other's backs. You know, we're getting frustrated here. What are we going to do? And I was like, we're going to open a restaurant. He's like, what? No, <laughs> no, you know? It was like, he was the one going, no, no. What are you talking about? But yeah, he was like, what are you talking about? Like, you know, I mean, we could have kept going there for another year, but it was just like, what's the point? You know, like I said, dude, we, we've, we've established ourselves. We need to strike while the iron's hot before we we're, we're hot this day, cold this day. Like I mentioned, you know, before it's, I just felt like if we didn't progress, you know, in some way, shape or form, we were just going to fall into this routine and, you know, whether or not we were, who knew, who who knows, you know, but that's what I thought. And I just started looking for spaces, you know, I kind of pushed him into that direction that was a little scared, you know, now to take on this uh, part two. And I was like, let's go, you know, like I gave up on the dream of uh, being a, 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 owner of a restaurant years ago, like I said, with the Southern thing, I just did another cog in the, in the wheel, you know, if I'm using that phrase, right. But, but this was something that was amazing. And I knew if we took it to the next level in my head, at least trusting my gut that, that it could be even better. But, um, you know, so that kind of started the partnership that, that kind of endeavor, the talk of, let's do something for real, you know, like let's, let's settle down and be a little bigger, you know, cause that's where you're gonna, that's where you're going to gain, you know, your, 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 your following, you're, you're going to, you're going to be able to, to seat more people. It's, you know, have a staff, you know, the workload was intense, you know, uh, we couldn't store product and it was just all those factors. I was just like, you know, plus the notoriety and stuff, you know, I was like, let's, we gotta, we gotta branch out here, you know, it's time almost two years we've got to do something you know so that's where it all started um then once yeah. we started that we're like all right what do we do next what do we <laughs> we, so gotta, we, yeah. had, we didn't have we didn't have plans or we had like, no we had, we had, no, we had yeah. one big goal and they we're like all right how do we get there yeah uh, do you have the map nope <laughs> okay one step at a time and we tried everything to get funding and got a lawyer, got an LLC, all that happened like right there at that like 1.5 year mark, you know, yeah. where we, we probably should have done it a long time before that, you know, just to kind of get some establish 
like business records and things, but it was just such a whirlwind. We just didn't think about it until, you know, yeah, you come up for air a year and a half later and you're like, Hey, let's, we need to legitimize this before, you know, I mean, who knows to lot markets, just, yeah. it's just a name. It's not a brand. It doesn't it's have not history, a, or, yeah. uh, financial history. It's not even a trademarked registered name, you know, anybody mm. can take it from then. So there was a lot of like scrambling to legitimize the business. And once we legitimized that, then we were basically partners at that point. You know what I mean? It just kind of naturally, we're like, hey, it's you and me. Let's go. You know, it was. Was this uh, when you guys that, went on that trip together to Thailand? I seem to remember. Please correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, and it was near the end of our Gato um, tenure. And I remember like, hey, Nick, um, we're going to open a restaurant. And uh, before we open that Thai restaurant, I really need Rod to go to Thailand to see what inspired me. And that's very, it's very important in order to, you know, if we, we, if we wanted to open this Thai restaurant. So we did that. And, um, and then we came back very inspired by Thai. I think that drove us further to yeah. like make this restaurant. Yeah, that was a, I think that was a pivotal moment too. You know, um, it all, it was planned a while before, but it kind of like happened all at once. It's like, all right, we're going to Thailand in two weeks. You know, it's like, okay. It's like, it's like my mentality is always like, I, I say things and it almost seems like a joke. Yeah. But I usually follow up and like make it become a reality. So we were always talking during the pop, early parts of the pop-up. You're going to Thailand. We're going to, we're Thailand. going to Thailand. We're going to Thailand. If this is successful, we're going to Thailand. I'm like, yeah, cool. Whatever. <laughs> First you know? two weeks, you know? And yeah. yeah, so. You take Kelly with us. We'll take, you know, <laughs> we'll take the whole staff, you know, we'll do it, you know? And then, you know, <laughs> two weeks before it's like we're going to thailand you know my my wife had uh pregnant right yeah the we had the baby at that point oh my god the baby about about a month before <laughs> what? Um, well a few months before a few i have a 10 year old daughter so like i can't imagine traveling with a one month old to southeast asia that's like a different level of mothering uh, i misspoke a little bit like oh. we had uh, our first out in at the like February, January, like the beginning of January, and this was June, so almost six months. I'm sorry, but it's still, still. A, a five, <laughs> six month old child. I, like with the intense, rigorous, you know, quest we were on. I my wife will never forgive me. Obviously, she has told me this multiple times. <laughs> But I mean, yeah, I, I will never be able to make that up to her, but it was essential for us to go there, uh, build those connections, find the, uh, you know, that's kind of where I find, I found the connection between Southern food and Asian food, you know, Thailand is the, the, the Southern food of Asia, you know, and, and, hmm. and I always wanted to do this cuisine and I, and when I tied, tied, you know, when I put those two together and it's like Southern Thailand, Southern food, me, there, there's my connection, you know, and I, I literally, 
I knew I was destined to make this food, you know, I mean, that was where I built that connection, you know, was, you know, once I got to Thailand, I was like, damn, you know, this is, yeah, this is what I was supposed, this is what I was put on this earth to do. You know, it took me a long time to get there, but you know, did it change, in this like, industry, this is what I did it change your almost like, you know, I always say that every culture has got kind of an encyclopedia of flavors, right? And if you weren't born in that cut culture, using that encyclopedia all the time, you know, it's very hard. Like for me, it's very hard to go just start cooking Indian food, not understanding how each component works. Did it really cement things for both of you being there? Um, even for you, Parnas, I have to imagine it was, you know, influential right before you're opening this restaurant. And then for you, Rod, just, you know, learning that, that encyclopedia flavor, but also seeing it in practice with the local produce um, how did it change your relationship to Thai food? It was good going there to be reminded of what the flavors I were, I was, we were trying to replicate and what inspired this thing. And it was also, it was kind of like me, like showing Rod what we were making in that kitchen. I, I didn't make up. It wasn't just like random stuff that we put together that had no context. They, these dishes and these flavor profiles do really exist and people live with them. And these are memories for a lot of people. And I, I, I brought, you know, so the, the thought market is um, inspired by my mom's uh, uh, hometown. Oh, and she, they, she grew up in a market. Um, it was a fruit market called uh, something Sapan Kao lots of pan cow and i kind of grew up in that market kind of you know seeing family and stuff so it was important for me to bring him to that neighborhood to show this is where my grandma used to live this is where my uncle uh you know he makes his stewed pork over rice dish here and just we would like go through the markets and this is where the this is the 7-eleven that i sit at when i eat my cowman guy <laughs> just like all my all my life adventure details from thailand and i don't know i, I just felt like maybe that would help add m more uh connection to the brand and where where it was coming from but this time it was more like a mission like we gotta eat taste everything we gotta see uh you know what we can get for the restaurant, what should we buy, all this stuff. And um, yeah, I've never, and from that point on, I think every time I go to Thailand from now on, it's going to be almost like fun, but it's also work-related. I'm always looking for the next thing to make, to bring to the restaurant, to make it even more um, true to ours, who we are, and bringing ideas and stuff like that. Um, but so it was that, that was a very important trip for me. Quickly adding to that, you know, we had some funding in the bank account. We were kind of legitimized by that point. We knew where we, you know, we had the space kind of under, under wraps. We had like the, the contracts drawn. So we were going there to eat, to learn, to grow, but also to buy things for the restaurant. Like you said, you know, um, I mean, we had, at the at the end of it we just everything we we shipped over stuff like two crates you know full of plates and antiques and all kinds of 
cool stuff like coconut legitimate machine. yeah coconut machine all yeah, so that fast stuff did you got the coconut machine on that trip yeah, yeah. yes same trip so it was like a dual purpose trip but but i think what i what i got from that trip like outside of that that connection of bridging the gap between like where i was and where i was heading and you know the the, the cuisine connection um finding my passion my calling um we found what we were you know i found what we were doing wrong more so you know it i wouldn't say wrong per se but we were just you know we came back from thailand with this like reinvigorated uh mentality of like hey you know we were close but we were missing the mark here let's step it up while we still have this pop up here you know let's one month keep, left yeah one month left let's let's go crazy but crazy in a newfound like you know what i mean like the 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 way they're doing it in thailand we were fresh off the the plane ride you know and we're just like we're we're still packed with these new flavors and we're tweaking things and fixing things and i think it was almost too little too late you know what i mean and what year did y'all open well april 20th of 2020 yeah shit so you opened in the middle of a pandemic yeah (laughs) the the real timeline was the summer of 19 like that was our timeline and you know you know how yeah like atlanta's been atlanta (laughs) yeah you know and then reagan uh all of the you know rules and regulations that come along with you know fire marshals and construction delays and all that. Um, and it just kept getting pushed back further and further until our, our deadline when we had to pay rent was April. And I'm like, Hey <laughs> guys, we gotta finish this up like now, you know, and April 20, you know, we, the landlord gave us a little bit of a break, but it was, we were already knee deep in it. You know, it was like, well, we haven't hired any staff. We, you know, like, we were in the process of, we had interviews yeah. that we did, and um, then we had to tell everybody that mm-hmm. we're not, we don't need you at this time anymore, you know, like everybody just left, and it was just the managers and one cook friend of ours, and we just decided, like, we, 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 have, by, to, we have to do it. Inspired by, you know, a little bear, what they were doing with their meals. Yeah. Like, let's just... Do like a three course meal and take out and surprisingly that first month of doing that it was very profitable. It was crazy. Like we were <laughs> I remember when we first posted it and uh we sold out in like five minutes. Mm. Like almost every day for the first two weeks. It was like so much fun. That's it was like bananas was yeah. bananas and you could hear it we have the toast system so it has like a ding. so we were hearing like it felt like we we're at the casino yeah the the weird thing is that we were getting out of the pop-up to to branch out you know what i mean and teach employees how to cook this food you know, and, and kind of step back and, and like, you know, relish in like what we have done and what we built, you know, just a little, ne- always be hands on, but, you know, and 
really all we did was we 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 got back into a glorified pop-up setting you know it was just us cooking the food again but now we have bills to pay. you know what i mean but <laughs> you now you have all the though. at least you had a walk-in right yeah yeah <laughs> it was just like damn you know we we're trying to get out of this and move into this but we're just we're we're just back in this again you know and uh but it, it is what it, it is what it is you know we kind of we, we had to do it you know and uh for better or for worse, I feel like if if we didn't, all these delays and things didn't happen, we probably would have been in worse shape, honestly. Because hmm. um, we are two cooks that are trying to operate, own, and cook in, in our own restaurant that, that really had no previous experience in a, a business ownership setting, you know? So we were just going to wing it like we always have. And I think we dodged a bullet in a weird twist of fate by having all those delays and stuff. Like I mentioned, you know, I, I think we got kind of lucky. Um, We're very lucky. That's like yeah. one of our superpowers is, you know, we work hard and all that stuff, but opportunities and they just, at the right time, they just keep coming to us. And I don't think it's stopped. Yeah, There's, we're just very lucky people. It's it's not all luck every day, obviously. Right, but, but it's, it's when it really counts, something happens and it just magically works out. And it's there is no other explanation except for luck. How this whole thing kind of from from the start of it to where we are now, hopefully where we're going. I think it it is it's a it's just a lucky situation all the way across the board you know and i think we both realize that and that's kind of what i don't know oh, there's, there's there's more good times than bad times and that's kind of what keeps us going you know what i mean what 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 was it like you know building this customer base for a restaurant during covid though i mean it, that had to be incredibly challenging when like something I keep bringing up on like hospitality, which I consider a contact sport, like became very difficult. Like, like, were you like, I just have to imagine like the interactive experience of a chef um, and their diners was really like messed up during that time. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, I was scared of people. People were scared of me. Um, what was that like? I, I, yeah, there was that disconnect that we have with our guests, guests had with us. And what I noticed was more of the interaction was through social media. So I made it even more of a, like, all right, we're going to put this set of food up for this week. But I, in my head, I was thinking, but I have to make the captions more personable I'm not personal, but like there's more detail than like what's the inspiration. I just had to pour a lot of thought into these texts uh, to replace the server, to replace the conversation mm -hmm. with the chef. I, I, I think it, it helped. Um, but yeah, that was, that was a time where uh, I kind of felt like we were just looking. Um, in four boxes. Mm. We didn't really see anybody. We were very isolated. And, you know, it was 
if it felt like maybe that's what you know working in a factory was like um and you know the the only thing that were i saw of the people was just like all right the sales are up so they there was a lot of people here they liked and that like they liked the food and i got i'm getting a lot of dms and mentions on the stories okay that's good that was it that was the whole interaction and then we'd be done at seven o'clock eight o'clock and go home and just be isolated at home yeah. <laughs> yeah it was i was great and you know like first i was so excited we've never had a restaurant so we were still excited even though we're doing all this stuff i'm like we at least we have this is awesome um and then it just you know eventually got old and then we were trying to find new ways to do things it all depended on the cdc and what you know we were trying to follow the rules and not uh make people feel endangered and so whenever they lifted like oh now you can eat on patios and stuff like that and we were like lit up and we would kind of we were always like hesitant at first and watch everybody else before we did uh the thing but when we started doing like uh dining on the patio that was it was it was so fun to see our you know, Adrian and uh, our beverage director and Sam, our general manager at the time, just being like so excited just to like put a plate in front of somebody. Everybody was just amped, just like you pouring water into somebody's cup. They're like, yeah, you don't like you don't. It didn't make Hospitality people happy was back in the beginning right? like that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we had all these brand new plates from Thailand that were just sitting on shelves, you know, like just the restaurant was clean as a whistle because everything was in to go boxes, but we were just ready to to dirty it up a little bit, you know, like, um, but yeah, you know, I mean, that was, uh, I mean, still is, you know, crazy times we live in, but that was, uh, you know, the, the, the ebb and flow of this whole thing has really, you know, it's, it's taken a toll on not just us, but everybody in any industry, obviously. Um, but at the time, man, we were just feeling like we would come off this high of opening during the pandemic and we were, we we're busy and crazy, you know, and then, you know, through the summer, it was still pretty good. And then fall, winter, it just, you know, we just started this downward yeah. spiral, you know, and it was just, uh, Man, those are some tough times, you know, honestly, it was, uh, our bank account was like, went to the negatives a couple we, of times. I mean, we're just like, what are we doing? How are we, how are we going to survive? Like we were fine, you know, and there were other restaurants that were closing before that. And I was like, yeah, we're good. You know, we're okay. But then all of a sudden it, it hit, you know, and, uh, it was like, man, we, there's really nothing you can do at this point. You know, we're still putting out amazing yeah. food. I felt like, but. But then the you know not a lot of people are buying the set meals anymore and 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 so there was, I pull, I had to pull out this card that I didn't want to do, but we did pot thai. <laughs> like there's the nothing wrong food. with pot thai. Uh, <laughs> I know, yeah. I know, but I made a promise earlier in the pop up that we're never doing this. We're doing we're trying to progress. But you know you have to do what you have to do to survive, and we did that. And um, 
you know, we made a really good pot thai. And... Um, how did you guys survive during the pandemic? How are you still here? Um, loans. Yeah, loans. <laughs> yeah, basically how we, we, we kind of, we kind of got all the funding ourselves, you know, um, we had a Kickstarter, right. That, that helped start things. And then, um, we found, you know, SBA is kind of was our, our backbone financial means. Um, and then, you know, once all this happened, you know, the PPP stuff and we really didn't qualify for much of that. Um, but I still, I, I filed it all myself and, and did all that in between doing, you know, cooking and stuff like that. So that did help stimulate the restaurant while we were kind of, you know, wintertime, you know, no one's doing anything, you know, they're getting delivery. We didn't really do Uber Eats and all that fun stuff. And uh, we tried it, but it didn't work. And, you know, it was cold outside. And so, yeah, some of those SBA loans and grants uh, kind of helped us survive. And I think doing like what Parnas said about hot thai and, and other dishes that people are seeking out, you know, that comfort food during the, the cold months. Without a lot of explanation, you know, yeah. you know, what those dishes are. That, yeah. that helped too, you know, and then like he said, we're kind of, we're not the first ones to jump in the water, but eventually we do. And I think, you know, having some, some patio seating and finally kind of like, you know, I mean, it was a splurge just to get like 12, $20 stools. You know what I mean? Like, it was just like, how are we going to pay for these? But we just did it to try to keep the ball rolling, you know, and uh, every little thing we did seemed to help just enough to kind of push us through that week, you know, and we were operating week by week, you know, honestly, we, we, the walk-in would be empty at the end of the week and we'd buy what we could. And it was like, all right, we, this is this week, this is this week, this is this week. And eventually, you know, once the weather kind of started agreeing after the winter, it, it just kind of started up little by little. And, uh, it was a battle though. And, and it, and it still has been a battle, honestly. Um, you know, but but we're here, and I think uh, I think we're out on the other side. How how are things now today? Like, how is Talat doing? Um, things are good. You know, we're we're going through just like everybody else is uh, hiring, uh, trying to hire, and you you people. Um, I mean, even I mean, everyone loves the the. I mean, even if you don't like COVID, the, the freedom kind of of the work from home or the, you know, just enjoying nature a little bit more. Like a lot of, a lot of employees are part-time and I respect that. And, and it's a different time now. I mean, you know, and, uh, but, but we're good. I, I think the, we're, the we're business, growing. We're growing every day. So now. like this, what we're feeling right now is what I imagine our opening day to be two years ago, there are a lot of people coming in all the time. As it, I, it reminds me of the Gato days where the room was packed all the time. The wait list is like, you know, an hour, an hour. At it's, least. it's like, we didn't try to do that. It's just, it just happens that way. Unfortunately, like there's people waiting. 
to get into this building now. And just when the whole entire restaurant buzzing is full, it just feels, that makes me feel so, so happy. That's like the best feeling. And, and, you know, we have a lot of staff that they understand the food now is like, you know, Rod had to learn. I had to teach him Thai food in, in the beginning. And, and now I'm doing that with other people. And now we have people who are strong in that and understand the balance of the fish sauce, lime juice, and the sweetness and the sugar, and all that stuff. And, and now I can like, you know, step back a little bit. And it's, it's, it's exciting. It's an exciting time because we, I feel like if I'm passionate, if we're passionate about the dishes that we're putting on the menu, we can put anything on the menu and people just buy it and enjoy and, it and enjoy it. Yeah. But it first has to taste good, you know, and that's very freeing. Like we're putting like $120 steaks on there from well-sourced places and and we have caviar in the back. We have oysters. These are like things during the pandemic we would only dream of having. Like, this is too expensive. And now we're just like, you know what? We just do whatever we want. Like, that's the mentality that is finally back, I feel, back that we had from Gato days. And, um, you know, we're, we're, we're building a staff that believes in the vision, not just between Rod and I anymore. And it's like, oh, wow, this, this is like a, it's like the restaurants that we used to work at. We've created from that small meeting at Kimball House, we've created something that is, it's not a Kimball House, but it's an established restaurant. And, I'm, I feel very, very invigorated right now, uh, to do more. Um, and, and yeah, yeah. So we're, we're in a good, good spot. I feel like the next two years, a lot of market's going to go up another level. So we're, I'm, I'm really excited about where we are right now. That's great to hear. Do you guys have anything coming up that you want to promote? Um, any specials, any people? This is your place to do it all. Come to the live market. The, the party is <laughs> this, we have a party almost every night here. Uh, do you have yeah. to make reservations to come to Talat? Not right now. It's it's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, things we need to sort out moving forward. But but as of right now, no, we are kind of a first come first serve. Um, still, a, still a small restaurant. You know, we only have 42 seats inside, um, including the bar. So, mm -hmm. you know, and then, you know, 20, 20 plus outside, you know, when the weather's nice. So we're, we're still a small spot and that's, that's kind of what keeps us grounded, I think. And, and kind of in, in, in contact with kind of where we started, you know, in a kind of an open kitchen setting. So. Um, we're still navigating some of those waters and how to how to proceed in the future with reservations or um, getting people in faster. Yeah. We don't we don't want an hour here. Yeah. We know? want people to have the time yeah. start by waiting. We're seeing kids now, and, and it's kind of exciting to see the gamut of uh, the, the the guests that are coming in. It's it's uh, it's kind of refreshing actually. We're becoming this, I believe, like this neighborhood slash destination spot. 
and which is exactly what you want to be I, yeah no <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah. and, and <laughs> you I'm, know? I'm very grateful we're very grateful you know we, we we're, we're humbled a lot by you know the the the, the business being pick, picking up lately as it is but you know we're always trying to make this place better and you know make our employees feel like they have that balance to life as well and i think that's kind of my philosophy moving forward with this is this is great this is amazing you know it's 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 to lot market is this is what it is it's never going to be another there's never going to be another to lot market somewhere um you know and it, this isn't about this isn't about money making money this is about making amazing thai food and sharing that with employees and guests alike you know and uh being sustainable whether we're heading up this thing or not which we will be for a long time but you know like that's that's my philosophy you know pros you know he may have some di- a few different views for me but for me that's that's it at the end of the day sustainability amazing thai food and an amazing experience for our employees and guests you know and uh that's that's what I've always wanted, you know, and that's where we're heading, I think. So And if people want to follow you guys, where can they find you? They can follow our Instagram, uh Lot Market ATL. And we post uh, what we're doing there and the menus and we have a website too, the lotmarketatl.com. Get more the frequently asked questions there. Well, thank you guys. I really appreciate your time. Sorry you went a little longer. Um, it always is when I have multiple guests at once, but I really admire what you do. I can't wait to come um, and eat at the restaurant. I love Summerhill. It's really fun. It's got a great vibe down there. And I'm glad you guys are down there. Awesome. Thank you. Well, thank you, you so much for your time. We appreciate it. Thanks again, guys. Have a great week. All right. You too. See you. Bye. Bye. Well, that's this week's episode. Thank you to Rod and Parnas for joining me. And thank you to you for listening. If you want to keep up with me, you can find me as Jennifer Zeman or The Food That Binds on Instagram and Twitter. We're going to be taking a few weeks off starting next week, but we'll be back sometime in June with new episodes for you. Again, we'll be off for a few weeks and back sometime in June. Thanks again for listening. This has been Jennifer Zeman of The Food That Binds.